0: What's up guys? Welcome back. Uh, my name is Spencer.
1: I'm Caroline and I'm Taylor.
0: And you're listening and to
1: Trash, Trash Talk! Talk
0: Season 4 <laughs> on Spotify. I never oh, thought we'd God. make it, but
2: Spotify. <laughs> Here we are. So exciting. We're like
1: officially official now.
0: Yeah, we don't we're not held back by the chains of Winthrop University anymore. We can say cuss words.
1: No, no name dropping.
0: I'm sorry. I meant I meant our unnamed (laughs) university. Yeah, institute. So Um, exciting. Yeah.
2: Especially to be restarting
0: this way. Dude, yeah, because you guys weren't even in the last season. You were weren't even in the country.
1: I know. Who are we? I know. You you guys that's who we are.
0: You guys have to like reintroduce yourself because like all the new listeners we got last season are like who the heck are these guys?
1: <laughs> oh, really? Well, I'm, I'm Taylor, and I'm a senior at Winthrop. I'm studying mass comm and theater, and I was a part of the a very original um, Trash Talk group, and I was studying abroad in England last semester, so you were all um, missing my presence, very sadly. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You guys are deprived
2: of me and Taylor Evans, Um, but I am Caroline Riggs. I was also studying abroad. Um, I was in France, and then, as we all know, what went down uh, around March, (laughs) but I was also a part of the original Trash Talk group back in season one, which is insane to think about that we are in season four
1: now. Yes, and this season is bringing so many changes. Not only Caroline and I coming back, but our dear friend Sadie Glaze has graduated, and we want to wish her luck on all her future endeavors, and we wish nothing but the best for her. And for anybody uh, who is a dedicated listener you will also notice uh evan santiago is missing from this season he sadly departed to go work on a new project he's been doing called senesk um definitely check it out on instagram it's like a a magazine online type arts published i can't describe it but it's so good um you guys go check it out and we also wish the same for evan we wish him nothing but love and happiness and success on his new projects.
0: Yes. And they, they will be dearly missed. Um, we had a ton of fun with them the past three seasons. Uh, it's really been a blast. Um, but I know that Taylor and Caroline are going to bring their own personalities back into the fray and it's going to be just (laughs) as good. Uh, and I'm super excited. And if you don't know who I am, uh, and you're a first time listener or you just, don't care about who I am. Um, I'm Spencer. I am a mass communications and digital information design double major with a minor in photography. Um, I have been around Trash Talk since the very beginning. Um, I do things like scheduling, editing, all kinds of different things. Um, And I try my best to be entertaining on air and I'm super excited for this season. And I think it's going to be super cool that we're on Spotify. It's like we're big kids now and uh i'm really excited to see where it goes so so yeah
2: yeah you guys this is the og crew right here yeah this is three of the original sits it's crazy we've kind of like slowly changed and morphed with the times and with the Getting old, but (laughs) here we are. We're like the cool kids coming back on TikTok, but we're on Spotify.
0: (laughs) We're like the cool kids on TikTok now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I refused to download TikTok and I finally did. And now I feel um, youthful and I feel like I'm one of the kids, but I also am always about a month behind all the trends.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, set. though. Honestly, 2020 has just been a crazy year. And yeah. honestly, that takes us right into our first segment. We <laughs> love a good segue here at Trash Talk. <laughs> but uh, So we're first going to be talking about specifically studying abroad during a pandemic, during COVID.
0: Yeah, what was that like for you guys? Because, I mean, obviously, I know what it was like here in the States. It was chaotic as hell, but That's
1: how I it can't really was imagine there. what it was like it's exactly how it was over there. It was just from January to February, it was like this little back thought that was always there. You saw it come up on the news. People casually brought it up, but in England, England was kind of the same as America. Like nobody took it seriously at all. England, I think took it less seriously than America, um, which was crazy to watch. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of this thing. And I, my, obviously, for people who've been listening, I do Conspiracy of the Week. It's coming up later in this episode. But with my conspiracy theorist mind and family, early on, I was like, we're going home early. I don't know when. It could be a week early, it could be two months early, but it's happening. And everybody hated me for saying that because. Duh it ended up happening. I literally had people come up to me and apologize. When we got called home, they were like, Oh, Taylor, I'm sorry I told you like, to like just shut up earlier because you were right. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Um, I was one of those people who told her to shut up. She we talked to each other basically every day because we were going kind of through the same thing. But yeah, she would be like, We're going home. And I was like, No, we're not, Taylor. No, 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 that's not happening. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And the process of coming home was literally insane because I felt it coming and then Trump banned European travel, which affected Caroline directly more than I, because I was in the UK, but I knew the UK was coming soon after. As soon as Caroline um, heard about the UK ban, she texts me and she's like, I have 48 hours to get home to America. According Jeez. to my And that's so insane. that's when I knew I was like, okay, so my time's coming. And then 24 hours later I got my email. I bought a ticket. So I got my email Thursday night um, and I bought my ticket to go home Monday. So everything was fine and dandy. Saturday night comes, it is midnight my time, which is seven o'clock PM here. And I was with my friends watching a movie and my mom calls me and she's like, uh, your Monday flight got canceled. Go to your room, pack up everything. You're getting on a flight in eight hours.
0: What?
1: And I had not even started packing yet. I had friends that were not in town. I didn't even get to say goodbye to some people. I instantly I walked back in the room crying. I was like, oh, God, I have to go home, you guys. Um, <laughs> but I have really nice friends. We pulled an all nighter. They helped me pack. And within, within four hours of that phone call, I was in a cab on the way to the airport.
0: That's so crazy yeah. to think about because, I mean, in the U.S., obviously, it was, like, super chaotic. And I, I had a feeling that – in the beginning, I had a feeling that it was eventually going to make it to the U.S. because I was sick right before, like, it started leaving China – and I was like, I was like, oh man, like, oh, what if I have COVID, you know, like joking about it. Cause nobody in the United States had had it yet. And, and then you start hearing about it. Like, you know, there's one case here, one case there. And then it's like, suddenly it's everywhere. And then
1: yep, I came home with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> for me, I had like a little bit of a different
2: experience, like coming home, as she said, um. The European ban kind of affected me more because of um, what they call the Shenyan region. If you don't know about it, Google it. Um, <laughs> but it's basically Central Europe. Um, and so I was affected more by that. But I agree, I think I had it way back in February, because like Taylor said, it's kind of it was kind of a back thought in European minds. Because in America we kind of didn't really get it until it like migrated all the way over the Atlantic or the Pacific. But over there, it was kind of slowly coming in like through Italy and then France and Germany and Spain. And I got lucky with all my travel before
1: in planning,
2: <laughs> whereas Taylor, on the other hand, um, unfortunately saved all of her travel for the end.
1: Um, okay, don't say it like that. I had a three-week-long spring break in April, okay? <laughs> I had back-to-back travels all through April planned, but the heartbreaking part was the day that I ended up flying home was the day that Kobe and I were supposed to fly to Venice.
0: Oh So, God no.
1: looked at me, The guy looked at me and was like, psych, you
0: got it. Oh, poor Kobe.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I definitely think I had it way back in February.
1: Yes, because Caroline does not get sick, which is kind of annoying sometimes because she doesn't feel well and she refuses to take medicine, but she never gets sick. And I remember her calling me. She was bedridden for a week. Yeah. Which is crazy with her because she is the opposite. She's not the person who would
2: have to do that.
0: That's crazy. Well, because... if you
2: know me, I refuse to go to the doctor, refuse to take medis- medication yeah. um, in any form. Um, I'm just that type of person. I'll get my vaccinations, but that's about it. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather suffer through the pain, but I went to the doctor in France, which, like, even my friends who were studying abroad with me knew that was crazy. So there was something going down. I, like, couldn't hear. Um, it oh was insane. But then, of course, me being me, I was like, I'll get over it. And just drank a lot of water. Um, also, a remedy from Mama Rigs um, is to drink some bourbon, I believe. I didn't have bourbon, so I drank some tequila and lime <laughs> and honey. And that will fix you right up.
0: Just, just It's kills alcohol, baby.
2: That fits is your innards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, when, when I got okay. sick, I was in Rock Hill and I'm I'm the same way like I hardly ever get sick at all and I was getting like these flu like symptoms like I felt like I got hit by a truck you know I was like feeling like I was going to vomit and it was like I also wouldn't eat at all which is like so unlike me and it like got to the point where I was like okay I gotta go to the doctor then I went and they actually gave me a flu test and I tested positive for the flu oh wow yeah So I guess that means I didn't have COVID. I don't know, you know, how how test results work, but I'm pretty sure that if you test positive for the flu, like obviously you don't have COVID or I don't know if you can test positive for the flu and have COVID. Yeah,
1: well, obviously we can never put a pinpoint that Carolyn had COVID because she didn't get the test. That wasn't a thing at the time she was sick. We could just make the assumption. But when I got COVID, um, I was fully asymptomatic except for my lost sense of smell. Um, And I remember when it happened, I I think I was eating lunch, and I just noticed that I couldn't smell my Coke. And I was like, what? So I instantly went into panic mode. I went around candles, everything. So then I like go into the living room crying. Like I can't smell anything. And my parents (laughs) uh flip out. My dad brings me bleach and he's like, you can't smell this. I'm like, no, I can't smell it.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: And even then the hospital refused to test me. I had to go to a local clinic and we did not think I had it. We were very, very shocked when four days later I got my positive, my positive results wow
2: what's really crazy to me is how we got sent home within like 48 hours well so did the rest of basically the world um and so everyone was in the airports at the same time and I mean I don't know about Taylor's experience but from talking to her and hearing about all this I was always like I was like she got in the airport there's no way
1: I don't think I did and I'll make this quick because we need to move on to the next segment you'll probably think of us talking about this but where I think I got it because again, England took this. I mean, nothing changed. Nothing changed. When I went into the international office, they laughed at me. They're like, "You're not going home. Trump is just being a little baby." And and at the time, I'm like, "Okay, maybe he is, but he's my president. What he says goes." Like, yeah, he's, I'm a U.S. citizen. Um, and the woman I was talking to, it was me and Lizzie, who's another Winthrop student. We are. I mean, it's close. Nobody can see, but me and Carolina sitting right next to each other. That's how I was with this lady. Um, She held my phone. I handed it to her. And then at the end of the conversation, she says, oh, yeah, my boyfriend who lives with me just got home from Italy yesterday. And I was like, why are you here at work? Because at the time, Italy was the hot spot.
0: Yeah. Italy had it the worst at the very beginning. And that's why he couldn't
1: get out. It took him forever to get out of Italy.
0: I feel like the reason why COVID spread so much and is still spreading is because people just didn't take it seriously in the beginning. Some people still don't take it seriously. And it's like, it has just caused like the the massive spread that we saw. It's so crazy.
1: Oh yeah, if y'all could have seen my face when she said that, I instantly was like, it's time to go. I was like, this is ridiculous. Okay, but yeah. 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 Um, See,
2: Taylor, on the other hand, was ready to leave just like she didn't care. She was like, COVID is serious. I'm ready. I was on the other hand. I was like, I don't care how serious it gets. I'm staying in this country. You cannot force me out of this country. And then I was forced out of the country.
1: I did not. I (laughs) did not want to leave. I felt safer leaving because I'd rather come home than be stuck in my little tiny dorm room abandoned for two months, which is what would have happened if I hadn't come home.
0: Well, it I was very been, sad. It would have been longer than two months eventually, right? Because you couldn't have – I mean, yeah, could probably. you have come back? I mean, because technically we still have case, a ton of cases here in the United States.
1: Yeah. You know, True. so I, – True. I eventually accepted that I wanted to go home. It was a big stress relief when I, when I was told I was getting sent home. But you can ask some parents. The second I got in the car back home, I started crying. because so I didn't want to, I did not want to come home. Yeah. But in the situation, I felt better about coming home.
2: No, she didn't want to come home. We both were like talking about it the whole time, but she was um more, you know, she knew that this was gonna happen. And yeah. I think she was like more um, reality driven and I was more fantasy driven cause I was like, no, it's perfect. It doesn't matter. It's not that serious. Right. And then email, you have 48 hours to get out of the country. And I was like, this is crazy. And so I started becoming extremely depressed. Like Taylor said, like I was so sad. So I've been going through the grief stages. Um, As I think a lot of people in general during quarantine have been going through, it doesn't matter if you were studying abroad or not, you most likely had plans, you had, I know people who had weddings, baby showers, pregnancies. I mean, there's graduations, there's all kinds of things that people were going through. And sure, we can all be like, oh, my problem's bigger than yours. But at the end of the day, we're all stuck in our homes, we're all quarantined together. So, you need to take your mental health and other people's mental health, as well as your physical health, obviously, into account. So, I wanted to kind of talk about um, what I went through, my experience with going through my mental health issues during quarantine, and how that kind of went downhill, but then the things that I kind of managed it with, and the importance of managing it as well. So, for me, I know I had a really tough time coming home from France. And so my first stage, I guess, of grief coming home and of general quarantine, mental health was, I don't want to see anything French. I don't want to eat French foods. I don't want to hear the word, anything about French. Aww. But I was still taking online French classes. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like, I refuse to believe it. That was my first stage, which I don't know if you guys can relate, but my first stage was, we're not in quarantine. This isn't real. You know?
0: Yeah, 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 like denial. denial.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through that denial phase. I said, nobody talked to me, but then I started to kind of get over that and go into my sad phase again. But then this current stage that I'm still in is just general anger.
0: Yeah.
2: You guys probably feel this as well. Anger at, like, the public, anger at yourself, anger at the general situation that we're in. So when I go out and I see somebody who's not wearing a mask, sitting or walking in public around tons of other people, I my first immediate reaction is just anger. But going back to, like, mental health, we have to think about other people. And so I have been... I have gotten this. I don't know if you guys have done quarantine. I went into a grocery store and was told I was going the wrong way and I didn't see the arrows on the ground. And this lady started yelling at us and I was like, okay, it doesn't matter if you're taking this seriously or if other people aren't people are people. So say things nicely, make sure that you're taking, you know, other people's emotions into like consideration." consideration. Thank you for sure. Yeah. So I I think that that's a major thing to help us with our mental health is we need to focus on not only ourselves, but our like communities, mm-hmm. because I have noticed you guys probably have in the news. It has been attack after attack after attack against each other when you would think something like this would bring us together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And when when it first started, I kind of had, like, that feeling of denial as well. I was more so in, in disbelief than anything. And I guess I was, I was hopeful that it wouldn't get as bad as it is now. Um, and so after that week where I was sick, I was, like, super not motivated for classes. And, you know, I was already having a tough time, like, doing my work and whatnot. And then it all went online and I couldn't even go. And it was like that motivation sunk even deeper. And I don't know, man, like my routine was all kinds of messed up. And I was like, you know, I wasn't taking like my OCD medication and I couldn't concentrate. And it was like, I was stuck in the room all day, you know, and I like, I'm super extroverted. So going out and seeing people and talking to people is like, life force for me yeah and having that taken away even even now like I don't even get it as much as I used to and it 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 takes a toll but at this point I've I've gotten used to it you know but it it just sucks because in the very beginning it was like so hard and like the fact that it's it's all been made political only stresses me out that much more
1: yeah
0: and it's like I I just want to find the solution to it but it it's, it's so difficult. And um, I'd like to say now that like a few months later, I'm like in a place where I can function. Um, But in the very beginning, it was like super hard. And I can only imagine what it was like for, you know, some people who, you know, are even more extroverted than I, or, I mean, had a tougher time because I hated it. I still hate it. I still hate it. So
2: Yeah, I agree. Being an extrovert and being stuck in a home is the worst feeling, I swear. No, I agree. I was like going from going out every night with my friends, seeing my friends every day in another country, it's having new experiences, and then coming directly home and doing nothing for months at a time. Because I also was planning on having internships and um, having summer experiences as many people were. And I, me and Taylor were actually, um, in quarantine longer than most of people in America as well. So that also was rough being in quarantine while all of our friends were not.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say, because I think that was the hardest thing coming home too was I remember right before we actually got sent home, I told my friends in England, I was like, look, I love you guys, but, all we do really right now is sit around and talk. Like I'd rather, if I'm gonna be stuck here doing nothing for another month, I'd rather go home and work and see my boyfriend and see my family. Like I'd rather not be stuck in my dorm here. So then when you do get sent home, I was in quarantine for over a month. Um, just how timing worked out by the, cause I had to do two weeks from the airport and then right at the end of my two weeks, I got my COVID test. So that was two weeks from my test after that. And so it was just everything that was my justification feel good for going home. I couldn't even have. So I think that's what hit me the hardest. I was the same way too.
2: Yeah. I was the way where I was wanting to stay, but then I realized cause my I talked to my mother and we decided that I had applied to these internships in different cities across America. And I was like, well, at least I can do that. Cause at that time we also didn't think it was going to be this big in America. Oh yeah. So we were like, we'll go home and quarantine for 14 days
1: and then it'll be fine. Well, it was also just like shock value because, and I know Spencer's about to talk to this. So this is a good segue, I think too. But when Trump put the travel ban on, I, I don't want this to sound horrible, but like perspective over in England, the day that Trump put the travel ban in, I went to the club on campus that night because nothing in England was changed. Nothing was shut down. Nobody was worried. So when you're around that, I was like, eh, I'm going to go to the club. Like we went and did karaoke. Yeah. So we did the
2: same thing. Actually. My last night was karaoke too. And it was, I was did karaoke less than 24 hours before I arrived back in America. And
1: you come home and it's shut down.
0: Yeah. I, and Like, it's so crazy because I totally get it. Like, I, I want to go out and like be with my friends, you know? And then it's like, there's this like major drawback. It's like, you know, I don't want anybody to get sick. And I feel like Mm -hmm. all of the United States is like feeling kind of the same way. It's like, we're tired of the quarantine. You know, we want life to go back to normal, you know, when some people never even left normal in the first place, you know? And there's like, there's just this turmoil in this country where nobody can agree on anything. And I feel like with COVID now it's making people sick, you know, and I've, I've read like things on online and like in my emails where it's like, things are going to try and get back to normal soon. And I'm not even sure if we're ready to go back to normal. I don't, I mean, I, as much as I would love to, as much as I would love to go back to normal, like, you know, I don't want anybody to get sick and die because it, it really is that serious. And so I wanted to get your guys' perspective since you got to see it from overseas as well as in the United States, um, whether or not you believe that the United States is prepared to reopen and assume businesses as, as ordinary or if there's more quarantine to be had
1: Yeah, I think this is a really touchy subject for people because nobody has the right answer. Even if somebody is passionate about how they feel, nobody knows. Nobody in the world knows what the right answer is because, you know, we see these other countries opening back up and we're like, oh, that must be nice. But then they do get a spike in cases again because it's just bound to happen. And I know eventually we will go back to normal. I mean, there have been world pandemics in the past. Mm -hmm. um, And I mean eventually things go back to normal or a, a new type of normal, um, that's close to the original. I, I personally don't know. I, I'm so on the fence about it cause there's pros and cons, there's big pros and cons to both mm-hmm. because it's also, I think of, you know, the single mothers at home who have to work to feed their children and then all of a sudden their children can't go to school and how are they going to work and make money? Cause the government's not, you know, helping, which it's like, is it their job? Is it not? I don't know. Like, no, I don't know any answer to anything. Everything is just so upside down right now and there's no straight answer. And there are people who are really suffering. There are going to be people who suffer from shutting down or there's people who are going to really suffer from not shutting down. So it's just a really big gray area in my eyes.
2: Um, My thoughts and my opinions on this are that we didn't have the right approach at the beginning. So now there's really nothing major that can be done except for maybe a vaccination or a cure. We can shut down, but we should have done, we should have had a federal approved program going into it. We shouldn't have left it up to States because if we look at other countries that had a, complete shutdown they their cases kind of went way back down and then a slow reopening we decided to slowly shut down but not all the way and let it local and state governments choose what they which at once they wanted to follow we let people basically choose which rules to follow rather than saying everyone needs to do the same thing and have a level playing field And so I think that's where we really went wrong in the beginning. And now, like Taylor said, no one really knows what's gonna happen, how we can fix it. We can just do our best by working on ourselves and working on our families and our communities and making sure people are wearing masks, social distancing, not going out to parties, not being around large groups of people, especially if you feel sick or you have a positive result. I think it's, not to put it all on our shoulders, because it's not, it shouldn't be all on our shoulders, but I think if we want to see improvements, we need to forget about the government, because they're not really reliable at the end of the day, because they can't agree.
1: Like, for me, because I agree with all that, too, but even some of these countries that did do a Mm full-on shutdown, their cases are going back up. Mm -hmm. because it's inevitable like it is and i'm not saying i'm not saying we should open up because it's inevitable you're gonna get it that's not what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but it that's what i mean it's just so hard and confusing to even discuss it with people because every country has their own different scenario and nothing's great (laughs) at all
0: (laughs) yeah in in my opinion i think that covid has become so politicized you know it's fallen into the the whirlwind (laughs) that is american politics at this point and it's not even about people getting sick to a lot of people Uh, you know some people still think it's not even real believe it or not you can find people on twitter and and social media saying that i'm not gonna wear a mask stuff's not even real you know i
1: had a man at food lion i heard him make a side comment that coronavirus wasn't real and so i was like i'm feeling spicy today and I said, "Well, I had it," and he looked at me in the in the eye and said, "No, you didn't." There's no. Way to- <laughs> <laughs> he said, "There's no way to prove that," and I was like, yes, "Well." Sir, <laughs> <we're always> right.
0: <laughs> and and that's like because because it's it's so political, and I don't want to get into politics like that. We don't have enough time in this episode for all that. But because of that, I think that whether America reopens or not people are going to keep doing the same old crap that they've been doing and nothing is going to change until we get a vaccine on our hands, which God knows when that is going to happen and how much is it going to cost and how are we going to get it to everybody? I have no clue. All I know is that we're still in the thick of it, in my opinion. And I'd like to say that we're on our way out, but who knows at this point.
1: That honestly perfectly goes into our last topic of the night which everybody who's been listening knows, I do my conspiracies of the week. I love them. Um, And I kind of kept tonight really broad and open. I just wanted to have a discussion, see where it goes. Um, A small, short discussion. But basically my topic was government secrets and what they're hiding from us. Because it's a lot. It's a a lot. And so even... (laughs) I, I totally plan on going a different route, but when Spencer said the vaccine that was like a whole other thing. As soon as you said that, I was like, well, there's another issue in my head. Like when they come out with a vaccine, like I want there to be a vaccine, but my butt is not going to be the first in line. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm thinking have y'all seen I am legend. Like, I understand that's a movie, but that's sort of what the movie's about. They made a vaccine for cancer. 95% of the population instantly took it. And they turn into zombies. Now that's super dramatic because it's a movie, but uh, we're just taking
2: dude?
1: we're just taking this vaccine The people who aren't even scientists are working on. Like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. I remember a couple
2: of different conspiracies from beginning of quarantine up until now. One of them, I remember there was like a company, I believe it was in France, actually, that Claimed to like have found either a cure or a vaccination, and was looking for the highest bidder, like the highest bidding See?
0: country. That's so—it's so corrupt, man. Like, <laughs> well, isn't it, that is just it, so? Isn't that so disheartening? Yes. Like, we have the power to save lives. Uh, who wants it? <laughs> but then it's like, it. do we?
1: Is it even real?
0: Who knows, because, man? Who, like, I can't trust if anyone. You,
1: I understand that greed is such a big human thing. Like, I understand, but i feel like if it was a real vaccine it wouldn't be like is better like you know what i mean yeah because they just know that people will blindly be like yes please give it to me okay yes i want to go back to normal shun what did i put in my body i don't even know like, yeah.
0: or, or or you could get chipped that's probably the next thing is we're all gonna yeah, get yeah, chipped
2: <laughs> that's another conspiracy that i had thought of was um people were talking about like don't get the vaccine if it comes out you're gonna get chipped they've already been chipping us
1: for years our phone is a chip
0: yeah i i don't even know I'm, it's
1: i'm more scared of the health consequences i don't that's what i'd be more afraid of i don't think they're gonna chip us they know too much about me anyways <laughs> uh, like, they're already coming for me <laughs> like,
0: <laughs>
2: One of the funniest things I think I saw was, like, a TikTok. Um, this woman was making fun of people like you, Taylor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was making fun of um, conspiracy theorist. Oh, that's my brand. And she was like, you guys, you can't even, you can't get the test. You can't get your head checked. You know how they shoot the little um, temperature gun at your head?
0: Yeah.
2: They're putting chips in that way, <laughs> and I was like thinking because I believed it for about point two seconds because I was like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> when do that.
0: Oh my god! I was like,
2: that is so cool, and then I was like, oh, she's making fun of it. Got it. Got it.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I. I mean, I don't know. This year has been like a roller coaster from from basically spring break onward. So I was literally talking to a guy at work today. He he thinks zombies is gonna be next. I don't know. Maybe maybe the vaccine will turn us I all am the zombies. I I don't know, man. But honestly, nothing could surprise me at this point. And we just got to be prepared for the worst. And I mean, the government is not on our side. I think we all do. No, that I
1: mean that audio came out. That's a whole other conspiracy. Literally, which is the route I was gonna go down because what does the government government tell us versus what they don't? And then you know. Trump has said early on, it's just another flu, it's not deadly. And then now we have audio proof that from early on, he did not believe that he said it was deadly and it's deadlier than the flu to That's crazy. basically quote. So.
0: Insane. Yeah.
2: Uh, at this point, I don't know who to believe, I don't know who to trust. Nobody. Exactly. <laughs> in, 20, in January 2020, I thought this was gonna be the greatest year yeah. <laughs> i said 2020 is the year for caroline <laughs> and then march hit and march was like what are you talking about <sighs> and now it's september
1: and Gosh.
2: my heart is just you know gone
1: honey we were getting on that plane like see you later assholes by america <laughs> living our best life um
0: and now look at you <laughs> yeah,
1: but, like, uh, we're here doing trash talk with you, Spitzer. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Love trash <laughs> talk.
0: Talking trash. The
2: one good thing about miss like missing America is coming back home.
0: <laughs> the trash talk. <laughs> there we
2: go. <laughs>
0: Heck yeah. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Um
2: yes, we are so even, excited.
0: Even though the world is literally going up in flames right now. Um Trash talk. trash
1: talk is surviving the least we can do is talk trash about the world while
0: yeah facts. we are
1: like the little
2: island in the middle of the ocean that's on fire and our <laughs> land has a little bubble around it come to the trash talk land yeah. we'll su- save you from the burning world (laughs) of
0: all that. We're we're like (laughs) the floating, (laughs) we're the floating aluminum trash can. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Well, on that note.
0: Yeah. I wanted to thank everybody so much for listening to our first episode of season four. Um, Up next we have, grace ryan and tate for the second hour um they're going to be talking about all kinds of things they're going to be talking about COVID as well but they're probably going to be more entertaining talking about things like shane dawson sizza female rap in 2020 and meg the stallion getting shot i can't believe it um basically they're going to catch you up on all the things you might have missed if you were at the doctor's office getting tested for COVID. um but Mm -hmm. again thank you guys so much for listening my name is spencer
1: I'm Caroline. And I'm Taylor.
0: And this is Trash,
1: Trash
0: Talk. Talk.
1: Stay with oh. us, guys. You won't want to miss the next hour.
0: Oh, yeah. Plug plug the socials real quick.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Done. You guys should give us a follow on our Instagram, at Trash Talk period radio. And then give us a little follow on Twitter as well, at Trash Talk Media. We keep you updated. We have funny little behind the scenes. We have polls. Insert topic ideas for us guys. We want to hear it all. We want to get you guys as involved as possible. So give us a follow and stay tuned for the next hour.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Trash Talk. Woo! Thank you guys. Woo! Bye-bye.
1: Storybox Audio. Storybox Audio. Storybox Audio.